Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Chirteltaub from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Chicago is George Zahanas. George is Managing Director of Compliance and Risk Strategy for Breakwater. And today we're going to be talking about the changing world of data security laws. Uh, first, George, thanks for taking time away from your day to talk to us. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So, there is a lot going on legislatively. GDPR is not it around the world. There's a lot of requirements for people to have to comply with. So first, what can you tell us about the data security law of the People's Republic of China? Yeah, so it, what's interesting is it, it really is one of a, a number that we're gonna talk about today that really fall under a broader category of data sovereignty, right? So the idea behind a lot of these laws is really getting to how do um, nation states start to control the information um, it, within their borders or to control certain classes of data that actually will then have to live uh, within their borders. And so these generally fall under various forms of a, a data security law. Uh, the Chinese data security law is one example of those. Um, and you have to think about this and others in the context a little bit less of data or, or less of national security and really around national interest. And so the, the Chinese, like a number of other uh, countries, feel that there's a national interest in maintaining certain kinds of information within their borders. Some of it is based on the privacy of an individual, but a lot of it also gets to certain classes of information um, for critical infrastructure, critical firms, uh, critical economic interests. And the classification of that data defines whether or not it can be transferred out of the country, must remain in the country, or then the conditions you know, by which you can transfer data. And the Chinese um, law in particular um, also has a very specific prohibition on uh, data sharing in almost any uh, cases involving foreign law enforcement or court proceedings uh, as well. So. Um, it, it's fairly broad, um, but not atypical anymore from what we see elsewhere. Well, speaking of elsewhere, you know, one of the areas that people always seem to find challenging is France. And there's a proposed French data security law that could have enormous effect on cloud-based infrastructure, at least as I understand it. Um, what does it say? Yeah. So you have to remember the backdrop a little bit in uh, in France uh, and in, in the EU more broadly. Um, part of this was in response to the U.S. Cloud Act, and the U.S. Cloud Act, was, which was passed here in 2018, um, basically authorized um, or potentially compelled uh, enterprises in the U.S. to produce information in court proceedings here or upon you know a subpoena or obviously a warrant. Um, even if the data was not held in the U.S., but was controlled by uh, a U.S. entity. And what that started to do is to trigger countries uh, all around the world, really, but certainly in the EU, that along with SHREMS, um, too, um, started to get um, the French and a number of others uh, a little bit more concerned about this. And so what they actually did is, so the French have the National Cybersecurity Agency, it's called the ANSSI in, in France. Um, and they established a certification program that basically said, if you're managing certain kinds of uh, vital or essential services, um, you had to meet these particular standards. And the standards at that time 
to receive certification were really along the lines of ISO 27001. But what they did in 2021 is they proposed an amendment um, and a change in this that will require the certification by the uh, agency. And as part of it um, would require that French nationals uh, essentially run the service and that no foreign entity above a certain percentage of ownership uh, can actually operate um, uh, these services. And, and the way it's written is it's going to basically uh, carve out about 600 of the most vital or essential services in France. Um, and it would make it very difficult for what we would think of as a traditional cloud vendors, uh, a Microsoft, a Google, an AWS, from actually delivering those services. And so right now there's only four entities in the, uh, in the country of France that can, can meet these requirements. And none of them are AWS, Microsoft, or Google. Which it has huge impact because, you know, it's not just Microsoft or Amazon using it. There's literally thousands and thousands of companies depending on those services. It's also, I think, going to be interesting because I think organizations are used to looking at what Keneal has to say in France, but now having to have a second governmental entity, it's going to add a lot of complexity. Now, it, it's not just the sort of larger economies that uh, are making these changes. Uh, some of smaller, but other important ones are, are making changes too. I understand the kingdom of Saudi Arabia even has a new law or at least a proposed one. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. And so if you, if you look at the Middle East, it's actually very interesting. And so they're trying to adopt different, um, very similar uh, types of statutes as we're, we've talked about already and security regimes, but they want to do it for a slightly different reason. Uh, in addition to the national security and protection we've described, they really want access to these technologies. They want access to cloud infrastructure. They want, um, you know, they want all of the benefits that come from these large um, cloud vendors and solution providers, but they're not necessarily big enough from a, an economy on their own um, for these major vendors to go in and, and invest billions of dollars. Um, uh, so what they've decided to do is to try and do both, right? So they're gonna have the same kinds of requirements to classify certain types of data, keep that in country, protected citizens, but they're also then partnering um, with some of the major cloud vendors to actually then bring their infrastructure into country so that they have access to it and they manage it within um, within the borders at the same time. Um, data classification is really a, another big theme that kind of runs throughout all of these different regimes that we see. So you really have to be able to understand how you're creating and consuming this information, governing it effectively so you can determine what can stay in country, what controls um, do you have to have to transfer it. Um, both um, the UAE uh, and, and Dubai and, and KSA are looking for mechanisms because they know the cloud infrastructures are going to take time to get built in country, certain classes of data will then be permitted to be stored in certain cloud vendors, even if it's outside the country under certain conditions. And so those are some of the things that are being developed uh, right now, the, the details behind it. You, you just mentioned the UAE and Dubai. Is there, you know, so many global companies have operations to serve the Middle East and Africa there. So it's an important um, regime to be mindful of. What is going on there in terms of privacy? Yeah, same. So similar. Uh, in in 2017, they had um, produced um, 
some interim guidelines around document classification, dissemination, protection of data. Um, and it, it, you have to remember that, as an example, they, they previously pr uh, prohibited uh, things like encrypted voice channels um, and, and voice over IP systems. Um, so it, the control, um, internal security controls were always a big part of, of uh, the UAE and Dubai. Um, but obviously, again, they want access to tap into the, these cloud um, technologies and uh, infrastructures. And they're slated to release uh, uh, new data sovereignty and security rules almost any day now. And from what we understand, they seem they'll probably adopt uh, many of the same kinds of things as uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Both the KSA and the UAE, they want to tap the leading cloud vendors, but they also are working with global law firms, um, leading advisory firms as part of their planning. So they seem to be wanting to adopt, um, obviously, regimes that uh, foreign investors and foreign companies are used to working with and kind of understand because they want people to come and invest in those countries and continue to, doing business there. And in reality, I mean, in these days when you talk about environments where it's good or bad to do business, data is just an important, very important part of it. Finally, let's go back to Europe for a moment. Uh, Germany's the largest economy there. What's going on in Germany? So um, same types of things as we saw in France. And what's really interesting, if you really think about this for a second, is um, the whole purpose of the EU, right, was to basically dissolve borders in a way um, to allow the free flow of goods and people and, um, and transportation. And, and what we're seeing both France and Germany do are essentially um, establishing digital borders uh, that don't actually necessarily exist anymore from a physical perspective. And so they're also, um, they just announced in 2021, establishment of what they call a sovereign cloud. And they're partnered with Google and, and T-Systems, uh, which is part of Deutsche Telekom to do that. Um, Google set to invest like a billion two over 10 years there in, in this sovereign cloud. Um, and this sovereign cloud is not just designed or intended for, of course, government agencies, but it's really designed um, for, again, uh, companies with vital or essential services or critical interest to the state, critical interest to the German economy. Um, and so that's really across a range of sectors from technology to energy to, um, to automotive. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to see uh, what, how the EU is starting to treat uh, this. And there's going to be a tension in the EU. Um, as well as whether or not some of these um, practices to um, basically create these digital curtains or these digital borders uh, run counter to um, uh, really what the EU was intended to do otherwise from a commercial perspective or commerce perspective. Let me ask just one follow-up question. To, as I listen to the description of all that's going on, it seems as if no matter where you look in the world, the thinking these days is basically our citizens, our data hands off, you know, and that runs a lot counter to the whole move of cloud computing. I mean, are, are we possibly moving to an era in which businesses are going to have to think about keeping all the data for all the different countries in which they operate separate? Or am I being a little bit overdramatic in that interpretation? You're, 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 um, 
Not really. I think that there's a real likelihood that we're going to have certain classes of information that deals either with, you know, privacy related things about, you know, uh, the, the citizens of a given state, but also what, again, around this concept of national interest. Um, and if it gets into certain classes of information that get into vital services, essential services, interests of the state, you're going to see a likelihood that that data is going to have to re remain uh, in country or have very strict controls over where it can go and how and under what circumstances. So I think this is going to evolve a lot more um, towards greater controls um, and, and not less. And that's why you see cloud infrastructure vendors now putting infrastructure all over because they realize that's going to happen. Wow, it's going to change the definition of a cloud since so much of it's going to be ground-based, ironically. Well, George, thank you so much for sharing these, well, interesting and often troubling insights with us. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletow from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <laughs>